It is Thursday, February 11th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the Draft Sharks podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And joining us now for episode four in the What I Got Wrong series is actually our third consecutive Mike. You know him as FF Hitman on Twitter and one third of the fantasy footballers, the most popular fantasy podcast on the planet. He's Mike Wright. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Uh, I'm glad to be here, fellas. I apologize for the brevity of this show due to me getting nothing wrong last year. <laughs> That's actually why we wanted to have you on, just to congratulate you for being oh, yeah. I knew it. I knew right. that I knew you were setting me up and I accept I accept all uh adulations given my way. That's what makes you Mr. Right. Now, your chosen moniker of FF Hitman, does that mean that you are the guy I come to this time of year for that certain league mate that keeps trying to convince me that his Leonard Fournette is definitely worth my first round rookie pick? Uh, I, I, I'm on call for, for those types of things. Uh, just, you know, anything that needs to be done under the table, you let me know about it. I know some people. So of course, the reason we have Mike joining us today is to continue this kind of postmortem on what didn't go right in the 2020 fantasy football drafts. Mike, we asked each guest to give us a few players they'd like to address within this topic. Obviously the purpose is to get varying views. You're actually the fourth straight guest to include <laughs> Stefan Diggs yeah. in your list. So yeah. I mean, we all, of course, know how 2020 went for him. Fifth round ADP went from there to league winner. That certainly counts as a miss if you weren't ranking him or drafting him higher. But I wonder if the fact that all these, you know, sharp analysts, sharp drafters bring up Diggs and count him as a miss. I wonder if it actually points to him not really being a miss, but but rather something that we couldn't have foreseen. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely like if you when I'm looking at the process of what did I do wrong, and I mean, I'm gonna bet against a quarterback who posts like the the lowest completion percentage two years in a row. I'm going to bet against them to not improve to becoming one of the best passers in the league every single time. So I have learned nothing from my Stephon Diggs <laughs> mistake. We we all knew Diggs uh, or no Diggs is an elite type of wide receiver in the NFL, and we've seen the impact that when you bring those types of guys and the difference the, the difference they can make to an output. I can't remember the the stat off the top of my head, but like Deshaun Jackson when he plays, you know, often injured, but when he actually plays, I mean quarterbacks see their yardage total rise by like almost a thousand yards per season from their next best performance. So. Wide receivers do change things, but the fact that he came in, I mean, I guess John Brown was was banged up a lot, so you had some extra targets go Stephon Diggs' way, but it's really hard to get a takeaway from what happened with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen because I think that the next time you bet on that uh, a quarterback taking a Josh Allen-type mm -hmm. jump, you're going to be wrong way more than you're going to be right. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, Allen's a total outlier to me. Yeah. I wonder if there's some bit of group thing going on with Stephon Diggs. I, I just thought of that. It, well, fifth round ADP, and we all got it wrong. We got to find the guy or the you know the, the three guys out there who are actually high on Stephon Diggs, and you know have that guy tell us you know what what we missed on because yeah, as as we've said, you know everyone missed on Stephon Diggs. Oh, it's just betting on the player, they, Jason. From our show, from the Footballers podcast, was very high on Stephon Diggs. I think the my amount of 
doubt eventually kind of like made him start doubting himself. But Jason was definitely high, much higher on digs than the rest of us. And we've said in previous shows, I think maybe the takeaway here is to look at the price. Like if Stefan Diggs was going in round right. three, then you can easily back off of that guy. And if he ends up as a first round producer, then no big deal. But in round five, you say, I'll take some shots. I like all the receivers in that round. I want to make sure that I get a, right. a few exposures to Stefan Diggs and not put it all in the Tyler Lockett basket. I mean, the, the problem for me was fifth round. That was DJ Chark round for me which every draft i was just like i'm in you guys are all stupid how are you letting dj chark fall into the fifth round i'm not drafting stefan diggs that's a fool's errand give me dj chark i'm gonna cash out and that was that was the wrong thing to do yeah i was too full on robert woods and tyler lockett to have any room left for stefan diggs exactly <laughs> so that is the next guy on your list though is dj yeah. chark and none of our other guests have included DJ Chark. So <laughs> I stand alone your, with my bad take. your experience with him. <laughs> yeah, man, I was I was all about DJ Chark and I, I mean that's that's definitely shame on me for believing in the swag of the Jorts and Gardner Minshew just a little bit too much. Look after <laughs> one game, not I mean Chark had a bad week one, but it looked like okay, Jacksonville one and oh already an upset win. Then they what they didn't win another game the rest of the way is that right like they they're one in right. fifteen and then I mean some injuries which I can get a little bit bailed out by DJ Chark was definitely banged up this year but what I did not see coming was how bad the the Jaguars really were and then there was some questionable coaching decisions uh, that may or may not have led to a better draft pick of saying we're going to stick with Mike Glennon even though Gardner Minshew is healthy and that was that was kind of a, a kick a kick right in the in right in the balls <laughs> and it was Jake Luton before that wasn't yes. it I mean, I mean it, it, it yeah was like, it was like Doug Marone was surprised that he had been in that job for so long and he's like how can I convince these guys that I should be fired <laughs> first I want to go for a rookie quarterback that nobody likes then right. I'm going to put in a veteran quarterback that nobody likes and, and finally they're going to boot me out and beg a college coach to come out of retirement and replace me. Right. <laughs> so what do you think changes for you on DJ Chark or, you know, players like him? What are you going to do differently in 2021 after having the DJ Chark experience? Not bet on undrafted free agent or not. He wasn't undrafted. Wow, oh, crap. Where was Minshew it's drafted? Six. Oh. Right, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to put my, put all my eggs in the basket of a sixth round quarterback, even if they've at least shown, a little bit. I mean, and that's we all know that. I just I let myself get swept away in uh, yeah. of DJ Chark. That like, I mean, he's what six two, lightning fast. I mean, he has everything is there. I still believe in DJ Chark as a player, and I think that this year can be much better once they once they bring in Trevor Lawrence. Not, I'm not going to bet on mm -hmm. DJ Chark being a top twelve wide receiver because I'm not going to bet on a rookie quarterback carrying. That, that team and, and keeping a sustained fantasy level. But DJ Chark, let's say Chark, I mean, his ADP is going to go down. I can't imagine it's, it's going to sustain a fifth round. So maybe maybe a seventh round ADP for DJ Chark unless people start getting really excited for him again. And, and in the seventh round, I think that he'll be worth picking him up as a wide receiver three. He did it in 2019 with mostly Gardner Minshew, right? I mean, yes, so and that's why I was in. 
Right. Man, I, I looked at his, his numbers this morning. I mean, everything was down. The target share was down. All the efficiency stats were down. You know, maybe the fact that there was a new offensive coordinator there and Jay Gruden played a part in it. I, I think the the lesson or the reminder from Chark, though, is just there. there's always more downside when you're betting on guys on bad teams. And we all knew Jackson yes. was going to be bad. I mean, that, now that said, James Robinson from that same team had a massive season. So you, 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 it's not yeah. don't draft guys on bad teams. But again, there's more downside betting on a Jaguar than there is betting on a chief. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Gardner did have a broken thumb for, I think longer than we knew about. Yep. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's not avoid DJ Chark or a player like him in that range, but it's, it's kind of the same thing as Stefan Diggs, but the other side is spread it around a little bit more. Sure. You like DJ Chark, but don't be all DJ Chark right there. That's right. probably more difficult for us as fantasy analysts, because we're on here telling people who they should draft. And then you get into the draft and you're like, well, I'm going to draft this guy right. and talking up instead of spreading it around a little bit and kind of hedging my bets uh, to some degree. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually not in many leagues either. So the the whole question when people ask, well, do you draft all the same players in the same leagues? I have very intentionally chopped down my leagues. I mean, I'm, I'm in maybe three really important leagues per year and then the I know that the, they're gonna the auxiliaries will fill in but by the end of the year I mean I'm I try to keep it to at least just five or under so I'm not I don't have this you know diverse of uh, diversification between my leagues really I end up I end up with the guys I like now I think that the last point on this one it's easy to sit here in February and say that you're not going to fall for the next 70s heartthrob quarterback but <laughs> What happens the next time we get a Mike Leach product who we find out stretches in just a jock strap? Are you sure you're not going to fall for it again? Uh, no. <laughs> I'll be right back in, man. <laughs> That's right. Just Intangibles. Intangibles of the swag. Yeah. Especially if we can see your intangibles while you're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. final player on today's list is a guy that Andy Reid kind of rudely shoved to the center of the 2020 fantasy table. Mm. Clyde Edwards-Elair, he, he was kind of a controversial prospect heading into the NFL draft last year. You know, some people loved him, some people hated him. Then the Chiefs snagged him at the end of round one, sent him skyrocketing up fantasy draft boards. Mm -hmm. Hitman, what was your experience with CEH? He was heading into the draft process. I mean, I liked him. I liked his tape, but he wasn't a top three running back when it's just, just pure scouting. I mean, once draft stock and position, once all that stuff is weighed in, yeah, Clyde skyrocketed up my board. I was a I, – I fell for it last year. I mean, I was a huge Damian Williams truther. It was whoever plays running back for the Kansas City Chiefs, I am in. I don't care how good you think that player is. I don't care how bad you think that player is. The Chiefs are going to score a lot of points, and their running back is going to be involved, especially in the passing game. And I think that was the, the biggest disappointment for Clyde was – I mean, one, the, after week one, it felt like they gave him a whole bunch of opportunities at the goal line. It was kind of like Andy Reid saying, all right, let's see what this team can do. I mean, and then that was the talk of Twitter was, look how ineffective Clyde Edwards-Alaire is at the goal line. He's small. He's never going to be able to get it done. And after that, you know, the, those attempts did go go way down. The uh, the target share wasn't what you had hoped it was. Everything just went to Tyreek, and everything went to Travis Kelsey for monster seasons between those two guys. But the thing to hold on to with Clyde, just before the injury, 
he was still a top 12 guy in half point PPR. I mean, he was fringe top 12, but he was still there to the point where it wasn't a massive disappointment in his output. It was a massive disappointment in terms of draft price because when you picked Clyde, you were intentionally taking Clyde over Alvin Kamara, over Dalvin Cook. So that's where it really felt bad. It wasn't just that the the, the pick wasn't working out. It was the next two men up in the ADP were having – uh, just absolute bonkers years, winning people week after week after week. And Clyde, Clyde, I think Clyde had like one of those. Yeah, so week 11, he was the the running back too. But that was also just a, a down scoring week for a running back. He just, he didn't give you those burst games. He was far more of a running back too, unfortunately. Uh, but I do think that we have some touchdown regression coming in favor of, of Clyde Edwards-Alaire for next year. Yeah, I don't think that he was bad process for all the reasons you mentioned, Mike, like first round running back, which, you know, doesn't happen very often in this day and age playing with Patrick Mahomes playing for Andy Reid, who has pretty consistently produced RB ones. Yeah. Then you have Damian Williams opt out. Like it, it was all there for Clyde Edwards. -Lair. I got to imagine that the chiefs are disappointed by what they got from him. Yeah. He's not, you know, they, they yeah. have to have expected more for a guy they spent a first round pick on that's I mean, I, I think the Super Bowl was, you know, one of his better games along with probably the game against the bills in the, in the regular season. So I'll be curious to see where CEH goes in drafts this summer. Cause I think he could, you know, kind of be like a, a rebound value play. Yeah. And then you had Le'Veon Bell becomes available halfway through the season. I don't, who saw that coming like that the jets were going to, eat that contract and just say, Lev, we'd, we'd rather not have you on the team. Now, all of us watching realize that Lev Bell is not long for the NFL, but it's still another player who's getting in there, getting snaps, taking opportunities uh, away from Clyde. But I, I think you are right. I think the team was disappointed at what they got out of Clyde, except in the freaking Super Bowl where they – Clyde was like the only player who was actually playing well, and they sh probably should have given him more than just that handful of carries that he got. I don't know. He's not the guy diving and yet still throwing the ball <laughs> into the end zone. That's way more fun than watch. I, obviously, not, I'm saying just not Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. The other players just uh, forgot how to catch. And then you had, oh man, you had that Daryl Williams end zone drop. We're like, that's what you get, Andy Reid. You know who's not <laughs> dropping that ball? Clyde Edwards Alaire. He's like, whatever. I've still got trail mix left in my feed bag mask, so leave me alone. That mask? What is going on with that mask? <laughs> I, I don't even a feed bag. I don't understand how a mask is that far off of your face. <laughs> it is either a feed bag or he is Alf, and we didn't ever know it. Um, <laughs> oh, Alf. That's a solid reference. So what? what is the takeaway on the CEH situation? Is it beware the the chiefs backfield too early in a draft that was my issue with damian williams last year it was like right sure damian williams if i can get him in round five but if damian williams is in round three or late round two i'm absolutely out so is it the chiefs backfield or is it first round running backs with obvious questions that you can't answer before the game start and, and you know leave that guy there and take a wide receiver instead or maybe it's both of those i think the uh, we all kind of fell into the first round trap of Clyde Edwards-Alaire because you just you you slap the first round label on him, right? Like first round draft pick Clyde, first round draft pick Christian McCaffrey. Except those were two very different picks inside of the first round. The Kansas City Chiefs had a luxury pick; they were the back of the first round. They had just won the Super Bowl, 
So they were taking a piece that they I mean, they could take whatever they want, but they're still at the back of the first. Meanwhile, guys like Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette, who which it didn't completely work out for Fournette, but it, opportunity was there. Those guys were top ten picks. That that was the team saying we are going to build upon this player, Saquon Barkley, number two pick in the NFL draft. The team is telling you with their draft stock, we have a bunch of needs because our team sucks. We're picking in the top ten. But we're still going to go with a running back, which is really bad process. But they're doing it anyways. It's good for our fantasy process that we know they're going to get an opportunity. So I think the fact that he just slid into the, the back of the first, that I think we – by we, I'm I'm talking to the, the man in the mirror. I'm talking to myself here. I uh, just overvalued that first-round pick. Meanwhile, you know, Jonathan Taylor is a second-round pick, except he was like, what, 10 spots after Clyde Edwards alert. He was not really that big of a difference between their draft price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yeah. create such a, such a, you know, dividing line between pick 32 and 33. Cause it's the end of the first. Right. Round. Exactly. Really only one pick difference. If there's one reminder I'd take from Edwards alert, it's, it's the whole, you know, you can't win your draft in the first round, but you can lose it. You know, maybe we should right. be looking for safer, more established guys in the first, yes. round. you know, theoretically come with higher ceilings. I think one other thing too, that doesn't necessarily just apply to round one is to kind of watch guys who take a sharp rise up in ADP throughout draft season. And even if you don't do a lot of best ball drafting or play in in large field tournaments like FFPC, watch out a little bit for guys who who start low and then just skyrocket. And it doesn't mean that you have to be out on them totally, but at least take a good look and think yeah. he is still a buy for you at this new level or whether he's GameStop. Yep, agreed. <laughs> All right, you already follow him on Twitter, at FFHitman. You probably already to subscribe to his Fantasy Football you better. Podcast, unless you're just mad at him and his friends for creating this media empire out of goofing off together. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a fair point. I mean, I, I can understand if somebody's like, I don't want to listen to him because I should have thought of that first. My friends and I have been doing that for years. <laughs> yeah, we're the ones who turned on the microphones. <laughs> right. Mike Ray, thanks again for joining us today. It's been a good time. Hey, thanks, fellas. You can, of course, also find us on Twitter. We are at Draft Sharks. Jared is at Smola DS. I am at Shout DS. It's S C H A U F. For Mike Wright, Jared Smola, and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm at Shout saying thanks so much for swimming with us. Mm-hmm.